Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's good to have you back in for another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host, Ryan Winder. It's good to have you in. i got a great episode in store for you today. But before I get to the topic at hand, just want to do some quick housekeeping items. If you have not rated or reviewed the podcast on Apple, please do so. It really helps out with as the ratings increase, the exposure increases, and more people get to hear the wonderful things that the Vegas therapist has to say, as well as his amazing guests. So please do that. Also, Join the Facebook group, the Vegas Therapist Podcast group on on Facebook, obviously. Uh, I post articles and different topics about the show, links to the podcast as well. It's also a way to connect and communicate with other people, as well as give your feedback about various episodes. And if you would like to make suggestions about future topics, it's a great place to do that as well. Uh, Finally, just want to say a shout out to thank you to those who are doing coaching with me. I really appreciate your trust in doing that with me. I've really enjoyed the opportunity to connect with many of the listeners in that intimate way. So if you're interested in something on that level, as far as coaching goes on a one-to-one level, uh, you can reach out to me at ryanwinder at gmail.com or the Vegas therapist at gmail.com. I will get both and I will respond. So I uh, really, uh, Hope if you are interested, you will reach out for that. Okay, one thing I wasn't really planning on talking about because it really doesn't have anything to do with the topic, but I just want to say this because this show is about mental health. It's about topics surrounding about mental health, improving our mental health, our well-being, our relationships, and everything of that. So last night I was as I was preparing for the show, I got a text from a friend back in Vegas, and she asked me, if me or my son had heard anything about this individual that had played baseball with my son. And the answer was no, we hadn't. And then she sent me a link to an article that referenced what had happened that morning. Uh, A son, a 16 year old kid, um, you know, that my son knows his life was forever changed yesterday when he awoke to gunshots in his house uh, and the resulting was as he came out of his room was seeing his mom at the top of the stairs with a gunshot wound, his dad at the bottom of the stairs with a gunshot wound. And what had happened was a murder suicide. Dad had shot mom and then shot himself. And now the son is an orphan and has that trauma to deal with for the rest of his life. And I just got to say, apparently that's the third murder suicide in Vegas this month. And it's a it's a struggle out there right now, people. Uh, mental health is a serious issue. Uh, we have had over 20 suicides in Vegas uh, since the, the COVID thing and since the school year began with our teenagers. Uh, so it's a it's an issue and it's a challenge and people are struggling and we're starting to more than ever see the impacts of what that can be like if people if things go untreated, if people don't reach out for help. So if you know anybody. If you yourself are struggling, please reach out, get some help. It's out there for us. You don't have to feel bad. We're all feeling it at some level. So please reach out. Um, But anyway, I just wanted to start with that. I know it's kind of a downer, but I want to now kind of shift to the topic at hand. And I'm going to shift to actually, we've been talking a lot about resilience, 
things that are definitely needed right now, but I'm going to shift to some couple stuff. It's been a while since I've done a topic about couples, and I know many of my listeners are in relationships and they look forward to uh, the topics on couples and improving their relationships. So this is going to be one of those. Um, and what I have for you today is five daily rituals that intentional couples use to cultivate love and connection in their relationships. And the reason why I think that that's so important is because we all know we've all felt the daily pressures, the distractions, the dynamics of modern life. And even if we have a good romantic relationship, um, there doesn't have to be dysfunction there for us to grow apart over time. Long working hours, the demands of raising children, all those things can push date nights, sex, romantic vacations to last place on the priority list. I'm sure many of us experience that, the challenge of balancing life with all the demands that we have, our kids' things, our kids' activities, work, all those things that I just mentioned. So it's a, it's a struggle. So we definitely need to be able to find things that we can do to make sure that we're connecting on a regular basis. So y'all know I love the research. I like to bring things to that have been uh, factual that people have seen so that we can understand, hey, this is where things are at. So recently some researchers observed 30 dual queer couples who had young children. And really the intent was to try to better understand uh, the challenges that these young couples faced. And this is what they found. They found that these couples spent less than 10% of their time at home with each other. It's not very much. Just think about that. Less than 10%. Uh, these couples were career focused. They tended to prioritize children and household needs over the needs of their spouse or self. Um, they became more like roommates, drifting apart both emotionally and physically. Um, and ultimately, they missed important opportunities to connect on a daily basis. So what does that mean or what does that say? Well, to me, that is a recipe for disaster. Um, obviously, there's lots of struggles going on there relationally. Um, there's not really a whole lot of connection. It doesn't even really feel like that's even like in the ballpark or the intent. I mean, with the notion of not really spending much time together, the priorities are all about things outside themselves. It's almost like uh, with couples these days, uh, connecting seems to be like a lost art form. Like either we don't know how to do it or we don't put the time into do it. We just kind of let everything else take priority and just let it sort of drive us as opposed to us taking charge of our lives and really trying to make efforts to connect. Um, so when you think about it, when you think about obviously people, you know, dream about the days of the infatuation stage when they're falling in love and how much more intentional we were about going on dates, having intimate conversations, learning about one another and making time for shared adventures. All that was a part of it. It felt like we could just do that so, so readily. And then obviously, you know, things change. But in that moment, it's just like it seems seamless. You know, it's easy to fall in love but definitely it's much harder to stay or stand in love. Yes, that's right. I said stand in love. Um, apparently that's a new term that's out there is uh, stand in love. So I'm just throwing that all out to all out to you so you can be in the know because I wasn't in the know with that term. Um, standing in love requires us to intentionally create moments of connection and intimacy. And if you haven't figured this out yet, relationships require active work and maintenance it's a must there's not even like a there's no choice that's what it requires we have to be willing to put in the work to keep our relationships in a healthy place couples must stand 
there's that word again, they must stand against the urge to take the easy route of just passively letting things happen in our relationships. Doing nothing equals the same as being actively destructive. The relationship will get worse. So there you go. There's no, no excuses. You can't just do nothing and hopefully that your relationship will just stay the same or even get better, whatever it's not. Uh, there's just not, not a possibility for that. Um, so I think one of the things too with this, it's important to understand what gets in the way of, of this connection, what gets in the way of us not being able to put the time. And we know some of the other distractions, kids, work, all that stuff. But the two biggest connection killers, according to the book, The Intentional Family, are one, how we spend our time. So where we put that priority um, in spending our time. And two, how we use technology, which I think obviously all, it even bleeds into the first one. If we're spending a lot of time on technology, obviously that's how we're choosing to spend our time. So I think sometimes those blend together. But how we spend our time and how we use technology are the biggest connection killers that are that are facing relationships right now. So obviously the first one, how we spend our time, it requires an effort on quality, making sure that time spent together has value to it. And really the busyness of life really demands that we do that. We have to try to make the time that we spend together valuable and quality ridden in order to get the most out of it because sometimes there legitimately just is not a lot of time you know you know we do have demands of work and kids and all those things and we want our kids to enjoy different experiences and have things and that's not that's okay but we have to make time for one another we have to make that quality so that's an essential the second one how we use technology that requires us to evaluate our use of our devices how can we limit their ability to distract us and thus missing opportunities to connect? That's the biggest thing. You know, like it's not, again, everything is blessing and a curse. It's great to have the technology. It's great to have what they can provide for us in terms of work and business and all these other things. But they also can distract us in a way to where we miss all kinds of opportunities to connect. You know, your wife's sitting down, she's having a conversation with you. You're on your phone. You don't hear a darn word she says. And then she looks at you and now she's frustrated. And now that opportunity to connect is gone. Now she's mad, whatever it is, you know, it can happen either way. But those that's what I'm talking about. The more that our devices distract us, the more problematic they become. I think, though, one of the best ways, and this is where we kind of get into these five things that we're going to talk about, the best ways to intentionally improve a relationship is to add meaning to the daily habits that we're already in practice with and to cultivate new rituals that make the moments that we have together more meaningful. So. Really, it's just taking what we have and improving on it. We do have these opportunities that are already before us. We just have to ha maybe add some more meaning to it, add more effort to it, add more quality to it. And we're, not in a sense, good, but it's definitely a lot better of a place to be with the things that are there for us. Um, another thing I just want to mention, too, I, I love this quote as I was like looking through this article and it just really stood out to me. In the book Wired for Dating, Stan Tatkin says... You can and should be your partner's best antidepressant and anti-anxiety anti agent. Let me just say that one more time because I think it's so important. You can and should be your partner's best antidepressant and anti-anxiety agent. Ultimately, we need to feel good around each other, around our partner, and know how to soothe one another. We need to be that for us. We need to want we need to have that sense that our partner wants to be around us they want to be close to us they want to connect with us because they know when they do they're going to get the most out of it they're going to feel good they're going to be soothed they're going to feel relaxed they're going to feel calm it's going to be a good thing we need to provide that for them and we do that by finding uh, good ways to connect and making that quality time 
um, the best that it can be. So the five daily rituals intentional couples use um, to connect and create love. First one, again, people, we're talking about things that are already there for us. This isn't reinventing the wheel or anything like that. It's just taking what's there and making and adding to it. So the first opportunities for rituals are around waking and sleeping together. Couples with mismatched sleeping styles can uh, experience instability in the relationship in a variety of ways. One, they can it can lead to more conflict. Two, less time for shared activities. Three, less sex, which again, that's a game changer. It's always important um, as far as connecting with one another. Less, finally, less connecting conversations. So just think about that. That's just all that all those things can come out of just having mismatched sleep schedules or not making the effort to be better at going to bed together or waking up together, whichever one or both that you can do. Uh, Tatkin, again, who gave us the quote earlier, he believes that it's healthy for partners, even those with different sleep styles, to discover ways to begin and end their days together. This is an important thing. How do we begin? How do we end our day together? What can we do to make that happen? Um, you know, for me, I think, again, when we think about this idea about creating rituals in these moments, uh, I think it can be a very powerful thing for us, even in, again, the smallest things that we do, uh, just making that effort to go to bed together. Uh, something I've always done, I think a ritual that I've always, that I've, I say always, but I'm sure I've missed some days here and there or whatever, just because it, because it happens. But the thing that I've been consistent about in, in my marriage is at the end of each night, we're laying in bed and I make sure I say, I love you. Even if I'm not really feeling it, even if maybe we've had some type of stress or argument at the, at, uh, during the day, to me, the importance of saying I love you at the end of the day, it's just kind of leaving things on a good note, kind of making the wiping the slate clean, just saying, okay, as we go into tomorrow, it's just going to be better. Um, I love you. I care about you. That's how I feel about you. That's how I want to go to bed feeling about you. And so that's been a consistent thing that I've tried to do in my relationship just to give that feeling, give that lasting impact as you kind of lay down and go to sleep. So on the other side, the waking up, I mean, again, sometimes our schedules don't permit it, but just think about uh, waking up together on a Saturday or Sunday morning, spending time together in bed, talking, laughing, being intimate. These can be good moments for us if we are intentional about taking the time to connect. Even if it's, again, just five minutes in the morning, we just, hey, take an extra time just to cuddle with each other before we jump out of bed. We can make that time. We can make it up somewhere else. We can be a little hurrier and doing our hair, whatever it is. Just take a few minutes, give you, give each other a little cuddle, do something, have some kind of affection, do what you can to make that a, a, a connecting moment. So going to sleep, waking up together, that's one way that we can start to you know, improve our connection. The second one, is leaving for the day and then reuniting at night. So, okay, again, these aren't, they may, they may seem boring, but they are important. Just listen to this. How couples part and reunite influences their energy, their self-esteem, and their emotional connection. Boom, let that sink in. All those things, just from reuniting and, and, and parting at the end of the day, it influences all those things. Um, so, Again, just something that's a simple gesture. So ask yourself these questions. When you leave for the day, what do you do? Do you give a kiss? Do you give a hug? Do you say, I love you? Do you do nothing? 
Um, when you reunite, same thing. Do you give a hug? Do you say, I missed you? Or do you just feel like you walk in the door like a ghost, like nobody's even cared that you've gone or that whatever, or what kind of day you've had? What is that like for you? So here are some options with that. So when we're leaving in the morning, okay, even if the other person's not awake, maybe just reach over, give them a kiss, give them a hug, tell them you love them, do something. Ask your partner what they're excited about for the day, what they might be worried about. Really try to connect with them on an emotional level if you can as well. Reuniting, create a welcome home routine. Give a hug, give a kiss. Dr. Schnarch, which I'm sure I said wrong, um, he recommends that couples actually hold each other until they relax. And what that does, it allows them to, it allows us to help reduce stress and allows them to reconnect at the end of the day. It just kind of brings them together. So holding each other until you actually feel yourself physically relaxed. Again, these are just some simple things that we can try to do to connect and really bring about that improvement in how we feel towards each other. Um, so, okay, greetings and salutations. How we leave, how we leave in the morning, how we come back in the day. Uh, another area that we can create rituals for. The third thing is just talking daily. Even 15 minutes can be good enough for busy couples. But here's a tip though. Here's something I would want you to focus on as you try to improve your communication or take time to talk with each other each day. Don't just talk about the daily events. Talk about how they made you feel, not just the facts or kind of the, the bullet point aspect of it. Allow your, partner to, allow your partner to know who you are intimately. Talk about what it felt like to be with that client. Talk about what it felt like to struggle with your boss or, or a kid or whatever it is that your job is. Express those feelings. Bring the emotion into it. That's what I would challenge you to do in those situations. Having And here's the reason. Having daily conversations deepens tenderness. It creates better emotional and sexual connection and prevents fights over the little things. Who doesn't want that? Improvement of emotional and sexual connection and especially the preventing of fights over little things. I see so many couples get caught in the weeds. They're fighting about little things. They really don't matter. And if they just had this time together where they could connect on a daily basis, it could wipe that away. Um, so now if we want to kind of turn this into even more of a ritual, we can even add some things to that as opposed to this communication. If we think sitting down from across from each other, just is kind of boring. Uh, try tying it to something you both enjoy, maybe a late night beverage or a snack or a foot massage. Each take turns giving each other foot massages. You talk about your day. There's things that we can do to spice it up and make it more interesting. But at the same time, we're connecting, we're talking. Uh, the fourth thing that we can do, a ritual that we can create is around just exercise, something that's enjoyable. Actively um, maintaining health together is a great way to stay connected. Start or end your day with a walk around the neighborhood. Go to the gym, go to a gym class together, play in a sports team together. This to me is about working towards something together, being connected, being a team, but also the promotion of just health with one another. It just feels good when we're on that same page, on that same level and kind of giving each other that encouragement to, uh, to be healthy. Uh, the fifth one, it's not really a daily ritual, but it's something that I feel is important um, that we need to make sure we're doing. Um, John Gottman talks about it. He has something kind of similar to what we've been talking about with these rituals and stuff. He calls it the magic six hours. So in his magic six hours, though, he refers to a date night, uh, which basically takes up two hours of the six for the weekly thing. But I just think date night's an important thing. And it can kind of, even though, again, it's not daily, it's uh, it's has such value because it's a bigger chunk of time um, that it kind of spreads throughout the week. And I get this one has some ebbs and flows to it. I know it's had ebbs and flows in my own relationship, 
and I always haven't been great at doing this, but I do recognize the importance. So I want to say that I know it's important. I know it benefits us. Um, the same can be true for getting away together, weekend trips, staycations, taking time to prioritize the relationship is the key here. We need time together to improve our relationship. And sometimes that needs to be in bigger chunks, like getting away for a weekend. Sometimes it's just a couple hours at the end of each week where we can just get away, decompress, spend time with one another, get a babysitter, do whatever. Even if, again, we're in a situation financially that maybe we can't always afford to get a babysitter, whatever it is, putting the kids to bed on a Friday night, making something valuable, whether it's you know popping popcorn, watching a movie, doing something, but just making that time where we're saying, hey, we're going to really dedicate this time, put our devices away, do whatever. And, and just make it make it happen. Um, so that's that's the fifth one. So a lot of things to think about just as far as how we're connecting. That's really the important thing. How are we connecting? What are we doing around these daily things that we can improve on to really help us with that sense of quality in our connection? But also at the same time, like I said, we need to really evaluate our our devices and kind of how we're how we're letting them control us or maybe even take us away from these connecting moments. Remember, if couples do nothing to actively improve their relationship, it will get worse over time. Relationships thrive when couples realize that the seemingly insignificant moments, such as a loving hug and a kiss when a partner comes home, are often the most significant at all. Let's not underestimate the value of these things. Let's put the value back in them. They're small, they're simple, but they're so important. By being intentional, couples can transform dull, mindless routines into a source of connection and fun. Good luck with that. This is The Vegas Therapist signing off. Until next time.